Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show with Matt West. And here we are rocking it on the Automotive ADHD Show. It's heard around the world as a podcast here in Southern Colorado on the radio. Two great radio stations now to catch this show. AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer here in Colorado Springs. And further south on 91.7 KLZR, Voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. Matt West here, hanging out with you, talking cars for the weekend. I got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about that new Corvette E-Ray, as it's called. It has made it into the hands of journalists and um Everybody actually seems to like this electric-infused vet. The Ram TRX prototype was spotted out in the wild with a straight six. A straight six in what was originally a supercharged Ram pickup with a V8. Uh, we'll see about that. Well, it, it's definitely coming, but is it a good thing? We're going to talk about that. Um, also, a new scam at the gas pump uh, is something you need to look out for. I'm going to tell you how to avoid that. And of course, we're going to play your car sounds on this edition of this show. Now, we just had our first freeze here in Colorado, and um, it is that time of the year, you know, for when it's colder now. It's It's been warm for the past few months, but it is colder. You jump in your project car, you go for the heat, and... Um, and it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. You realize it stopped working last winter and you said you were going to fix it over the summer. Guess what? <laughs> the summer's gone. It's cold. The cold is already here. But but don't worry. You know, you said you would fix it with the AC as well, which, by the way, also doesn't work because it's a project car and you'll get that done in the winter. So just do the heat and the AC at the same time. Oh, man. This is the cyclical nature of project car procrastination. Um if you feel personally attacked by this, um, then, you, yeah, you should. You should. But I'm in the same boat, too. So um, I went to take the S2000 for a drive, and I realized I bled the coolant earlier this summer without actually opening up the heater core valve. And uh, there was a big pocket of air in there. So then I, I go to turn the heat on, which opens up the blend door and the heater core valve. And there's a big pocket of coolant, and the car almost overheats uh, <laughs> on my way to the radio station today. So, um, yeah, I'm just as bad. I'm just as bad as everyone else is with that. Also, before we get into some of the topics here, a big shout out to the Dragon Drive guys, Mike Narks, who puts a lot of that stuff on. They've been going through the Rockies this week, doing all sorts of uh, fantastic drag drag racing and high altitude drag racing. The Dragon Drive guys are awesome because they don't just build a crazy race car that runs sixes in the quarter mile. They they build a crazy race car that runs sixes in the quarter mile and it has to be street legal because they literally have to drive the race car track to track. You can't trailer the race car. So um, big props to those guys. They've been going all through the Rockies this week and uh, I was really hoping to make it out there, but some work commitments had me tied down. I couldn't make it out there to say hi to every Everybody, but they are kicking it. They're having a blast. Good job for those guys. Um, definitely give uh, Mike Narks at Dragon Drive Addiction a shout. He's been a former guest on this show. He's a great guy. Definitely check that out. Now, um, let's talk here in the first segment 
Speaking of drag cars, you, you might need a, a Chevy big block if you've got a, a drag car, you know, and we're talking pretty big block here. This is interesting. Hat tip Peter Holdreth from The Drive for spotting this. He was he was browsing. Um, he was browsing on the Walmart online website. So Walmart now is competing with Amazon and you can buy all sorts of things on their website. They're acting as more of a distributor. They're not physically stocking a lot of things in their warehouse, but they're distributing stuff uh, on the Internet. So they're taking on Amazon and on the Walmart <laughs> website. Here's this. A 572-inch Chevy Big Block, 620 horsepower to the crank, naturally aspirated. Oh, yeah, that, those are Big Block numbers right there. And it's on the Chevy website right now. Or Chevy website. The Walmart website. The same way you would, I don't know, buy uh, buy buy some toilet paper or uh, or uh, some cans of soda and have them shipped to you. You know, the same way. Like you would buy groceries here, and along with the groceries is a 572 cubic inch Chevy Big Block. Uh, by the way, it is it's, it's pricey. It's Big Block money. It's it's Big Block crate engine money. But that being said, the fact is you can buy it and get get. You know, the the whole Walmart return policy and all of this stuff. I think this is this is hilarious. I mean, the the real tragedy here, um, the real tragedy is that you can't just go to your Walmart store locally and and buy this on the shelf. Uh, I would uh, I would I would shop at Walmart a lot more. Heck, I would even endorse those guys on this show if um if you could just walk into any Walmart and there was like, you know, big blocks and crate engines, you need LSs, no problem. They got a K24 section, go in, pull out on a pallet, a whole K24. No problem. <laughs> I would shop there every single day. Um, but, you know, online shipping, it's it's still there. The fact is you could buy that there. So, um, yeah, you know, Walmart's taken on this big kind of drop shipping sort of parts distribution for or not just parts, but for anything. And that now includes these big block engines. So uh, that is uh, that is very cool, by the way. Um, one other thing I got to talk about here really quick and to kind of go rapid fire here through some stuff in the first segment, because I want to take some more time in the second segment to talk about the UAW auto uh, union strikes, the United Auto Workers union strikes. There's more news this week. I promise I'll stop talking about it because I know a lot of folks are getting fed up with it. Uh, I am as well. But we do have to talk about what's going on this week with there. So we'll get to that. But before that, um, Porsche. Porsche says um, that they are, quote, working hard to save the manuals uh, for the 911 uh, and the 718 Boxster, um, which uh, or, or just generally speaking, the 718 chassis. Um, and, um, this is, uh, this comes by way of the drive as well, who sat down with kind of a round table discussion with some of the guys at Porsche and asked them some questions, especially with manuals. What, what is the status of the manual transmission for Porsche in 2023 and, and going forward, what is that status? And, uh, they say, um, that Porsche says, uh, officially boss Frank Moser, um, says that, quote, manual transmission is always what the customer wants in the 911. So we have been and are working as long as possible to save the manuals. That is good. Now, he goes on to say that is absolutely relevant for the 911. He says that's why we have the 911T with a manual gear shift and now the 911ST with uh, with the stick shift. And that's because he says because customers want the manual transmission. I mean, Porsche is realizing that Customers are going to pay for what they want. So if you if you sell a product that customers want, they will 
you know, they'll, they'll buy your, their, your product. That's kind of how it works. And um, that being said, um, the, the drive asked them, are they confident that they can keep Is Porsche confident that they can keep the manual transmission in the 911 and the 718? And uh, and the Porsche boss says again, quote, we're working on it. Um, so that's what they're saying. They're, they're working on it. So they, they have a lot of restrictions to work around, um, uh, emissions restrictions, um, you know, emergency braking, safety restrictions, all of these things that seek to do away with the manual transmission, which is a tragedy. We should do away with laws that do away with the manuals. That's, <laughs> that's really how that should work, by the way. But, um, that being said, Porsche's got it. They say at least for this generation of 911 and 718, will that hold true? for the next generation i don't know but they're they're gonna have to do it in one way or another now they did go on to say that they don't foresee themselves doing any sort of fake manual which i commend that uh you know we hate fake engine noises and evs i would hate a fake manual in an ev and manufacturers like well you wanted a manual but we gave you an ev with a manual no no it doesn't count it's got to be the real thing it's got to be the genuine article and uh, they say they're going to keep it genuine as long as they can so we're going to see how long that is i think if customers really push back on non-manual options and even push back against governments we might be able to keep the manual around a little longer than some folks are saying so hey don't go anywhere lots of great stuff to get to we're going to get to your car sounds and a weird gas station scam that you wouldn't expect that's all coming up right here after the break on automotive adhd Every day, thousands go without the ability to buy necessary and life-saving parts. Parts like turbos, coilovers, and wheels. I'm Steve, turbocharged BRZ. It doesn't run because I can play with my connecting rod through the hole in my block. Project cars sit unfinished, waiting for parts, collecting dust. My name is Todd, and I bought a rotary. It's okay, bro. We'll uh, swap it. But no more. You, yes you, can make a difference. More information is available on the Automotive ADHD Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Automotive ADHD. Right. Hey, those car sounds were sent in by Brandon. Those sound like uh, AMC straight six noises. Yeah, those are those are good car sounds, by the way. Brandon's Jeep Wrangler YJ. And congratulations, Brandon, on dropping the new engine in and getting it back on the road. That is always, always a very exciting time, uh, a, a time of fulfillment, one could say. Uh, hey, remember, by the way, you can send those car sounds into the show, have them featured on the show and have your chance to win the automotive ADHD keychain. I know I've got one. Oh, there it is. I always put it over this on the other side of the studio when I do this, but got one of those right here. Uh, you can win that, uh, the automotive ADHD sticker and a $25 part store gift card. So send those car sounds into the show, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Uh, and hey, remember, you're listening to the automotive ADHD show. It's right here on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. And uh, really, really excited to be on the radio here in Colorado Springs talking cars on on the weekend now cars of course 
are a uh, are a break from some of the political craziness that's going on in the world. Especially you hear you you stay in touch with politics and news on this radio station. So cars are kind of a, a nice break from that. Uh, though I will say right now, uh, with the things that are going on in Israel and and uh, all of the the terrible terrible things that uh, are happening with terrorism in parts of the world, uh, we definitely feel for the people that are involved in that. We feel for the Israelis and for the families that are uh, that are hurting right now because of that so uh and the that goes far and wide you know that really does so uh that being said you know we we're here to talk about cars right now and uh and, and of course you know even as we're doing that our hearts go out to the people that are you know that, that are having a really rough time right now of course so i uh, just wanted to get that out of the way but um now that being said last week speaking of doing good things though doing good things for for people and for our city and for our our, our towns uh last week i was at the sixth annual honda charity uh honda and acura charity car show uh, i had event organizer zach lewis on the show go listen to that as a podcast if you didn't catch it on the radio you can catch it as a podcast uh spotify itunes uh, Amazon, wherever find podcasts and this one are downloaded. Um, but that being said, they raised at the car show, the numbers out now, we didn't know it then at the car show, but it's out now. They raised $17,000 for the cause, which the cause, by the way, was Habitat for Humanity. The entire car show benefited Habitat for Humanity and they raised 17 grand for them, which is incredible. So if you want to hear more about Habitat for Humanity, more about the car show, how you can get involved with it, even if the car show, which is is now over, uh, you can check that out again. Listen to it on the podcast uh, find it on your podcast feed so congratulations to everyone involved congratulations to the event organizers for putting on such a fantastic event um, and uh, a big thank you to those event organizers as well so um, now I want to get into a little bit of serious news a little bit of heavy news with the United Auto Workers Union it has been officially one month since it started and we are seeing some of the effects of the strikes outside of the auto manufacturing industry and other parts of the industry so last week I asked uh, I asked you to share your thoughts on the Facebook page facebook.com slash automotive ADHD and uh, Landon listener Landon who has sent in many many car sounds uh, he works at a body shop and he said that he wanted to kind of say how things are going from his end of stuff, which isn't quite auto manufacturing, but it is in the automotive industry. And I'm going to he sent me a message here and I'm going to share it here. He says, quote, I wanted to give you an update from the body shop side of things about the strikes. We were told this morning that company wide about seven locations in total uh, in total biggest which is the biggest locally owned shop in upstate New York, by the way. Uh, He goes on to say that we have about 20 cars waiting for parts with no ETA. Chevy's mainly and then he says as much as um, mainly things such as uh, doors and other body panels Um, and yeah mainly Chevy's right now because uh, a lot of that strike we're seeing was with General Motors and a lot of the parts distribution centers have had people walk out of them Uh, and that obviously is GM related stuff now it doesn't end there on Wednesday this week the UAW announced that they would be walking out of one of Ford's plants and uh, and that has stirred up some other some other challenges as well and uh, I, I want to share an article here um, 
Hat tip, Al Root, who writes for Barron's and uh, and kind of looks at things from a financial perspective. Um, And uh, with that, this is there's a lot of things going on and we'll try to condense it down here for you on the radio. If you want, if you're new to what's going on in the strike, uh, if you haven't been up to date on that, go listen to some previous episodes of this show because we go in detail what the union is striking for and some of that stuff that is still current now, by the way, as of uh, doing this show here. Uh, which, by the way, officially, like I said, has been a month. The strike started on September 18th. This show's airing on the radio October. Did I say 18th? September 15th, rather. Uh, and this show is airing on October 15th. So one month later now. And uh, going into this here, like I said, they walked out. The uh, union workers walked out of Ford's huge Kentucky plant, which, by the way, uh, generates about uh, twenty five billion dollars in revenue every year. And it makes super duty trucks. So your F-250s, your F-350s, commercial chassis and things like that. Um, now, uh, the union has claimed that the uh, that this plant makes about forty eight thousand dollars a minute. And they say the union says, well, the plant makes forty eight thousand dollars a minute and many members don't make that much in a year. Um, now, that being said, uh, Al Root here goes on to say that's actually probably underestimated that this plant probably makes closer to eighty thousand dollars a minute because it doesn't run 24 seven. So if you actually break that down for when it's running, it's about $80,000 a minute. Um, But that being said, you know, there's this argument about, well, the employees are being paid X amount and the CEOs are being paid another amount, which is significantly higher on a factor, you know, uh, of a huge amount, a huge factor over what the employees are getting paid. And a lot of people on social media have been saying, well, what if the CEOs just all took a pay cut? Could we keep things running if the CEOs took a pay cut? And the answer is no, actually. Um, so, you know, Barron's, who, who did this article here, looked at CEO pay among the three automakers and reported that, yes, they are paid more than than, you know, their other employees. Yes, the CEO is paid more. Shocker. But the CEOs, they did the math. They said if the CEOs agreed to work for nothing, literally nothing for free, the leftover funds would amount to a roughly one hundred dollar a year raise for each employee. And so they say that, no, the answer is if this isn't if the CEOs just took a little pay cut, you know, this is if they completely ditched their entire their entire salary, it'd be that about that much for each employee. Um, And what's also tragic about this is workers choosing to not participate in the strike are now getting laid off and people at other plants that aren't striking yet because production stops. You stop production at one plant or one area of a plant. Right. And. That doesn't just mean it continues in other spots. This is an assembly line. If one area stops, other areas have to stop, too, because they're not getting the partially complete parts that they need to assemble now from the people before them who have to assemble those parts. And so that's what's challenging here is 5000 employees, about 5000 employees have been laid off because production has been disrupted. So the automakers are saying we're not making cars. We can't have you standing around doing nothing on the assembly line and we can't train you for these other parts of the assembly line because that would take too long and cost too much money. So they got laid off and they weren't they weren't even the ones striking, which is uh, which is, in my opinion, really a, a tragedy in many ways. So. 
Um, with that, you know, the UAW has given no indication on ending the strike right now either. Um, you know, leadership at the UAW has said, quote, the longer the strike goes on, the more the public is with us. Um, I have to disagree with that statement. I, I have to completely disagree with that statement because the longer this goes on, you know, I've kept a fairly neutral stance just reporting the facts on the past couple of shows here because there hasn't been enough to make a clear opinion on this. And now there, we're starting to see the effects of this. I think the longer this goes on, the less the public is going to support this because, you know, the effects here are far and wide. I mean, here's the thing, you know, workers are critical. We need to take care of our workers. Big companies will prosper if their employees prosper. Um, But I think many woes that workers are complaining of should be directed maybe not at the big companies. I'm not saying the big companies are without fault and are completely without corporate greed. That exists in many areas. But that being said, workers should also direct some of their woes at the overall status of the economy. Um, You know, companies, like I said, aren't innocent necessarily, but they're also, you know, you have to look at things, the higher interest rates, inflation, all these different things aren't just caused by a couple of greedy CEOs at a few car manufacturers. There's a whole lot more to it. I think a lot of people should be taking their frustration out as well at the ballot box in a lot of cases without getting too political on this. But I think that is the case. And, And we have to ask the question. Is the collateral damage worth it? I mean, here's an example with all of this. Imagine hypothetically, all of this gets resolved in such a way where the union gets 100 percent of what they're asking. No bargains. Well, great. That's that's wonderful for people on the picket line. But what about the rest of us? Maybe you work in the auto service industry like Landon does. Um, you know, maybe you uh, maybe you've got a family with kids and you're uh, you, you work in the trades and you need a reliable car to take the kids to school and then go to the job site after that. Right. Um, you're negatively impacted regardless by the strikes. And here's the thing. You're negatively impacted by the strikes that are happening. And if the strikes end and the union gets what it wants, you're still negatively impacted. It is literally a lose lose scenario here for those of us outside of the unions. And I've talked about how these effects are going far and wide and they will continue to spread through the auto industry as time goes on. You know, you've got to talk about supply and demand. You got to talk about parts, distribution, all of these different things. And there's many reports that are saying that The strikes are going to cause car prices to go through the roof, that they are going to skyrocket. And we're already seeing that even in the used market as lots of new cars become unavailable. You know, that's it's affecting the entire market. And, you know, the the cost of these cars as labor costs increase, obviously, the rest of the costs are going to go up too. like is the manufacturer just going to eat those labor costs? No, they're not. They're going to pass that down to the consumer, which is you and me. And by the way, some of the people who are striking too are consumers. Many of them have to own cars to drive to the plant to go work. And now they're making cars unilaterally are going to be more expensive all across the market. So um, this is a really complicated thing. I've got a couple more thoughts on this. I'm going to finish those up here uh, after the break. And then we're going to talk about the new Ram TRX with a six cylinder and a gas station scam. I'm going to tell you how to avoid that one. Don't go anywhere. It's right here on Automotive ADHD here on AM 1460 and FM 101.1 in Southern Colorado.
In these trying times, the Speed Council needs your support. Well, mostly your money. Alright, just the money. Join our Patreon today at thespeedcouncil.org to get exclusive benefits when you support Automotive ADHD. Colorado Springs number one car show by default. This is Automotive ADHD. Oh man, there we go. Hey, those car sounds were sent in by Patrick. He's putting the power down with his 660cc Suzuki Carry, a 1992 Suzuki Carry. Uh, Patrick uh, sent that car sound into the show at facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. And you can do the same. I encourage you to do the same right there. Also, K-Truck for the win. K-Cars are amazing. 660 cc's. That's all you need in a little baby pickup truck. Oh, man. Why, why don't we? I know, I know why we don't get K cars here in the United States. I get that. I don't care, though. I want more K cars in the United States. They are fantastic mini cars from Japan. I love them. Um, now, I want to finish up a couple of my thoughts from the last segment about the UAW strikes, you know, and, and ask the question here. You know, when you look at some of the statistics here, um, you know, uh, we were taught we were talking about CEOs and, you know, well, what if the CEOs just forewent completely got rid of, I should say, their entire salaries? Um, and the fact is that that would result in a one hundred dollar uh, per year raise for each employee. That's it's probably less than the unions want, by the way. Um, you know, you look at uh, Jim Farley, Ford CEO. Yeah, he made 22 million or sorry, 20 million dollars rather in 2022. And that's a lot of money. But there's a lot of other things that go on when it comes to cost and stuff and cost of your production. It's not just it's not just the labor and um, and it's not just the labor. So, you know, I like I said before the break, I disagree with the union saying, quote, the longer the strike goes on, the more the public is with us. I really have to disagree with that, because I think as the public starts feeling the 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 squeeze when it comes to finances and a lot of the other things that are going on here, I think um support might might dwindle a bit you know and 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 i think that this is getting passed down to the to the consumer at this point you know the the cost uh, the the labor increase i mean this upwards of like 40 percent labor increase that they're asking for now i get it there's more to what the unions are striking for than just um a pay raise there's more than that there's you know pr- protections for inflation there's uh protections for employees as electrification as more manufacturers push for electrification uh, which eliminates jobs in many cases. So there's there's other things there. Uh, by the way, I do think that the electrification issue is caused by and I've talked about this on the show before, but that is caused by government um, mandating electric cars and not letting the markets decide on the best way to do things. And I've talked about how the government has no place telling me that I have to drive an EV or I have to drive whatever. It doesn't matter if it's an EV or not. I should be able to pick what application, what vehicle works best for what application I have. And that might be an EV, that might be a hybrid, that might be a gas car, it might be a diesel car. Heck, it might even be a motorcycle. Shout out to our uh, two-wheeled brethren out there. But um, that being said, um, you know, I I don't know. I, I have to take a stance on this now. It's been 
It's been a month. I, it's been a month. I've given you kind of the cut and dry, the facts of this. I have to take a stance on this, and I'm going to take the stance um, that I think the unions here have come to a point. They need to come to a solution, and the strikes need to end. And what, what's the answer? I mean, it's tough to say. You know, like I said, money wasn't the only thing they were asking for. Um, you know, but I don't think the union. I don't think it's sustainable to you know have this uh, this mentality. They need to abandon this all or nothing mentality which is what they've had right now. They haven't come to an agreement with any of the manufacturers. Ford says that they their offer when it came to a pay raise uh, for union workers was literally as much as they could do. Now, yeah, they're a company where they tell you know, a big company. Are they telling the truth? Who knows? They said, though, that that would if they gave the workers any more of a raise, they offered a big one and the union declined it. Um, you know, if they gave the workers any more of a raise, it would not be sustainable to run their business. They would have to start pulling back from other operations in the business that you know, drive more revenue, investing in R&D and doing these other things and in equipment and stuff, um, you know, so I think the union needs to abandon this all or nothing mentality. You know, they say they want to negotiate, but I, I haven't seen much actual negotiation here. There's very little, you know, offer and then counter offer that's happening. All we see are that there's negotiations behind closed doors. The higher ups at the union are making demands and going into meetings with the car companies and we don't see any of that. It's behind closed doors. Um, not only that, just making demands and saying that you're quote unquote negotiating and then turning down every counteroffer you've received isn't really negotiating. You're making demands and just holding the industry hostage. That's not negotiation. Uh, that's not at all. And uh, now, again, what's the answer? Um, I think there's it's a complicated issue. But one thing I would like to see, this isn't an answer, but this would certainly help you. It would help me. It would help probably even the folks who are out there on the line, on the picket line right now, uh, who are striking, which is more transparency in these negotiations, right? You know, you would think, you know, both parties, both the union and the auto manufacturers would want some transparency here so people can see what's going on. You know, if the union says, hey, we want to live stream this meeting, we won't talk about any super secret business stuff, but we want to talk about the the actual negotiations here at hand. We're not talking about trade secrets, for say, let's live stream the meeting. Well, then if the auto manufacturer says, nope, not live streaming it. No one's getting a we're not even letting you record the meeting. That makes you think, well, maybe they got something to hide. Likewise, for the the unions as well, if the union objects to, you know, uh, publicizing some of the negotiations, that makes you wonder, too. I think there should be, you know, for the sake of the people who are striking, for the sake of us as consumers, um, we should have more transparency into these negotiations at the very minimum. We should have more transparency. Um, and, uh, and if both parties aren't willing to do that, makes you wonder how invested are each party is each party is the union and the manufacturer. How invested are they really into ending the strikes then? So, um, for what it's worth, uh, Toyota shares are up 11%. Just, um, just thought you should know that. But um, anyway, that being said, you know, uh, last week I invited people who work in the industry to chime in on the Facebook page, just like Landon did. Huge thank you to Landon. I mean, that shed some light on what's happening elsewhere, um, you know, because I'm just sitting behind the microphone here. You're the one actually doing the work day, day to day, day in and day out. So if you've got thoughts on this, if you're part of the union, 
But let's get you on the show. Let's have that dialogue. Uh, I would really like to uh, to 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 continue this discussion. And, um, you know, maybe maybe I'm off the mark here. Maybe I'm off the mark. But, you know, my opinion, I'm going to take a stance now. And that stance is these strikes need to end and the union needs to abandon this all or nothing mentality. Does that mean the auto manufacturers themselves uh, are completely, you know, I'm, I'm siding with them 100 percent? No, it doesn't mean that, it, it, you know, but I think that 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 the union should be more open to having a real negotiation instead of just holding the industry hostage, because this affects all of us. Like I said earlier, it, you know, it's a lose lose for anyone not in the union. And that's you and me as consumers. Right. It's it, it's exactly what that is. So, it, you know, we should see some more transparency. We should see more willingness to end the strike and continue negotiating here. That's what we really ought to see, um, you know, because it's not just about the manufacturer's bottom line. It's it's about. Our, our economy and us as consumers so anyway that was on a heavy note and uh you know that was and of course you tune in for my questionable you know uh project car analysis and sometimes my take on these these uh, developing news situations so you're my listener i value what you think a- am i off the mark maybe i should be more aggressive with my stance here let me know your thoughts on the facebook page facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Now, don't go anywhere. We've got another segment of the show, the fourth half of the show, and I'm going to talk about the new Ram TRX. I promise I've been promising this for like two segments now, but I'm going to talk about that and some new gas station scams that are coming your way. Don't go anywhere. It's right here on Automotive ADHD. At the Speed Council, getting things done fast is our priority. We do everything fast from driving, working, sleeping, and eating. Someone help! He's choking! This is Tim. Hello. And by the time this ad is over, he'll have bicycled across the earth 69 times. Nice. Even if our name sounds unfamiliar, you know our work. F1? Pfft. Child's play. The world's first supersonic jet? Yep. That was us. Apollo 11? Also us. The fastest animal in the sea? Hell. We even wrote the Wikipedia article. Fast. And we're so dedicated to speed that we've genetically engineered the world's first hyperspeed speed machine. With this scientific breakthrough, you can interact with and download your favorite automotive podcast a whole day early. How's that for fast? Learn more at Facebook.com slash Automotive ADHD. This message approved by the Speed Council and the Church of Fast Things. And that one's from the vault right there. Luke's R, uh, RX-8 with a 2JZ ripping it on the dyno. Oh, man. Gotta love those 2J noises. You can you can never get tired of those. And uh, it's a straight six. It's a turbo straight six, which kind of ties into my discussion here about the new Ram TRX. And um, and, and we'll, we're going to get into that. I did promise I would also tell you about the new electric-ish Corvette. It's a hybrid. Uh, I think I'm going to save that for uh, next week's show, my, uh, my breakdown of that, because because uh, I did too much yakking about the union thing. But hey, what can I say? I'm, I'm passionate about it. Uh, but I did a little too much yakking. We're going to save the electric Corvette for next week. Let's talk about the um, the Ram TRX. And um, so hat tip car and driver. They spotted the Ram TRX with a, um, a prototype of the Ram TRX. They spotted that on the road and they got some video of it. And um, 
It doesn't quite sound like a V8 with a supercharger, you know, like the current T-Rex, T-R-X, T- Rar, T-Rex, yeah. (laughs) So it doesn't sound like that at all. Here, uh, give this a listen right here. This is what it does sound like. All right. So, um, yeah, that it's one of those things that's, um, you know, it, it makes it makes you wonder, hey, that's not a V8 noise, is it? No, no, it's not. That is um, that's very much, very much a straight six noise right there. And, uh, you know, it's a straight six. Well, a six in general. Well, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Definitely doesn't quite have that Pentastar V6 noise to it. Let's compare that here to the Hurricane engine, the the uh, Dodge Hurricane engine or, well, the Stellantis, technically, I guess they own everything now. But um, this is in uh, a Challenger that is used for the Mopar direct connections kind of racing car uh, where they showcase a lot of parts and crate engines and other things. This sounds kind of similar. Give this a listen. Yeah. Sounds similar, right? Yeah, so so uh, Dodge has had this straight six platform now for a while, or well, I should say Stellantis because they're using them in Jeep products too. It's a turbo straight six, and there's been talk of this for a couple of years now. Um, we're seeing it in the uh, move into the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer. We're seeing some of that stuff go on. You know, don't get me wrong. Straight sixes are great engines. They're wonderful engines, in fact. I mean, some of the coolest engines. People talk about the legendary 2JZ and um and that's a straight six with a turbo um bmw straight sixes turbos you know the new supra with a bmw engine it's a straight six with a turbo um straight sixes are good they're inherently smooth because of the way they're designed the uh, opposing uh forces that happen in the engine with the pistons going up and down are inherently balanced with a straight six they're really smooth they're great at low-end torque um they don't they don't share any you know, audio kind of characteristics in terms of the way they sound, you know, with a V8, but they're great engines. And there has been talk that the TRX is going away. You know, we uh, we heard about that a few months ago. Ram likes not Ram, but Stellantis, Dodge, Mopar, Jeep, whatever. They like to say something's going away and get everyone to cry about it and um, and then bring it back just a little bit later. They like to do that. So, I mean, that's clearly what they're doing here. This prototype vehicle was spotted with that clear engine note. And I mean, that thing, when it took off, it squatted down. I mean, it really did. Um, looks like it was putting down some good, some really good power. And um and this uh, this hurricane engine, whether it's the ex- specific, specifically the Stellantis Hurricane 3.0, the three liter twin turbo six, or maybe it's some variation of that. Maybe they've increased the displacement, you know, for the top end TRX. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's a good engine. I mean, and, and out of the box, I mean, these things put down some pretty, pretty beefy power numbers. Um, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, upwards of 500 horsepower and 475 pound feet of torque with a really flat cur- uh, torque curve um they say that 90 percent of the torque is available from about 2300 rpm so i mean you can do that with boost we've talked about that before how you can boost a four-cylinder to really make some good torque down low which is not where we think of 
torque on four cylinders. Um, so is it a crime that the new T-Rex might have a six? Th- this is also a prototype vehicle, so there's no guarantee that makes it to production. Maybe they'll also make a V8 one and a six one. We just don't know. I, there's a reason I don't like doing too much speculating when it comes to, um, you know, prototype cars. Uh, there's just so much we don't know. But we do know that wasn't a V8 noise in there. And Stellantis has this straight six, this turbo straight six platform. So it's pretty feasible to see that that could be the case. Is it a terrible thing? Not really. I mean, the Raptor went away from the V8. The Ford Raptor went away from the V8 years ago now. And people love, well, they maybe don't love the reliability and some of the cam phaser issues and stuff of the sixes, but that's not inherent to the sixes design necessarily. Uh, But anyway, so interesting stuff. Hey, chime in with your thoughts on that too. Would you buy a straight six? T-Rex. Uh, how about this? What if they put that turbo straight six back in the Jeep Wrangler? Have a straight six back in the Wrangler. Now, that would be something with a couple of turbos on it, too, because, you know, fast Jeeps. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so um, interesting stuff there. Interesting to see a little bit behind the curtain of what Dodge is doing with that. Now, I got to wrap up the show with this uh, kind of a public service announcement. I'm doing my duty broadcasting here on the radio, giving you a PSA, which is um, that there is a new gas station scam going on. Oh, we all we all love, uh, you know, looking at a good scam and telling you, well, stay away from that for sure. Um, and it's a pretty obvious one. But what happens is somebody walks up to you at the gas pump and um, after you're pumping your gas, you swipe your card. And uh, this doesn't take any technical know how or anything. It's not like a hack. It's not it's not that. Um, but they see you pumping your gas. You're swiping your car. Someone nice walks up to you all cheery and says, hey, let me pump your gas for you. I will help you out. I'm wanting to be a good person, right? Well, that's what they want you to think, because you've swiped your card. They're going to pump your gas and they're going to, you know, say, hey, have a nice day. They're going to wave you off. They're going to give you this lovely experience. You're going to think, wow, what a nice person. They helped pump my gas for me. Um, in reality, they don't hang your pump, the, the gas pump back up on the little hanger, which has the switch in it to tell you to tell the pump that you're done pumping gas. So your credit card stays active with that. And uh, then they tell the next person in line, hey, give me 20 bucks. I'll pump your car up for you. Um, you know, and that'll be less than whatever, you know, I'll give you a full tank for 20 bucks. So the scammers making 20 bucks off of your card on $40 worth of gas. And, uh, then they keep doing that. They get other people in line or they get their buddies, their friends, you know, jump in line behind you. And, uh, you know, they just all fill up their tanks of gas on your credit card until it maxes out. Sometimes your credit card's going to max out at like 150 bucks on a gas pump transaction somewhere around there. Um, still, Still a scummy scam, though, but it's a it's it's more of a social engineering type of scam when you think about it. And uh, it sucks when people get taken advantage of this way because you think someone's being nice to you. Right. It has this sort of false perception. Give this a quick listen here. Uh, Courtesy, uh, by the way, this is a rather hat tip from uh, ABC six in Philadelphia. Listen to this. Susan Mansell says she was scammed on September 9th. And I was automatically approached by someone asking if they could pump my gas. And I was like, no, good. I'm good. Thanks. Feeling uneasy, Mansell filled her car with a few gallons and decided to leave. As I was getting ready to put the pump back in, He came around, grabbed the pump out of my hand and was like, hey, don't worry about it, sweetheart. I got it. She drove away and later got a notification from her credit card company that she had been charged $165 for gas, not the $35 she thought she spent. She was a victim of pump switching. Yeah, pump switching, as they're calling it, a very it's not a very technical thing, but it is taking advantage of people's willingness to, you know, 
think that someone's helping them, which I think is uh, is honestly a really terrible thing. So now you know about this. It's an easy one to avoid. Right. Just don't let anyone else pump your gas. You pump your gas. That's it. If you live in a state where you can't pump your own gas, well, just make sure that's a real gas station attendant. They better be wearing a uniform, a badge or something, you know, a name tag or something that says they are. So uh, avoid this one. As a car guy, I don't like other people pumping my gas. That's that's just me. I I love being able to pump my own gas. And that's just how it is. So anyway, hey, thanks for listening to this edition of the Automotive ADHD show right here on the radio. Remember, you can catch up with the show. Don't miss a minute of it. You can stay in touch on the Facebook page. You can find it as a podcast. We're on video, too. I didn't mention that. Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Rumble. And remember to download this show wherever fine shows and this one are downloaded. And also support the uh, Speed Council. Lots of great stuff going on there at the Speed Council. Now, I'll see you right here, same time, same place, next weekend.